River City Ransom is the third game in the Kunio Kun series. This series, in case you didn't know, set the golden standard for beat em up games starting with Renegade for the Nintendo Entertainment System back in 1986. American audiences, though, were only likely to know a handful of titles in the series. During the NES era, we got Super Dodgeball, Nintendo World Cup, River City Ransom, and Crash and the Boys Street Challenge. And until only recently, there were none others localized in the United States. But the series carried on. As of now, there are over 50 different releases in the series. Curious to know about what we missed? We'll be discussing the history of the Kunio Kun series and taking an in-depth look at the localization of River City Ransom as we take today's trip down memory card lane. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 21st episode of our video game nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Each week we select one game from the current week in gaming history, we talk about it, and then we use it to have important conversations about gaming. This is going to be a little bit of a history lesson this week, and we're going to be focusing on translations from Japanese to Western audiences, which I've, I find really fascinating. In case you don't know, I'm David Kasson, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, who has been throwing up change as a party trick for as long as I've known him. It's true, he barfs all the time. He's my brother and my co-host, Rob Kasson. Rob, how is that party trick treating you these days? Uh, you know... I feel like there's a lot of iron in my body. Change isn't worth much anymore. That's probably not very healthy for you, and it's it's just not cost-effective anymore. Well, you know, someday the coin market will return. I don't know. It's been on a decline for a while. You know, it might have been different back in the 90s, but uh, nowadays it's... Inflation's a bitch. That's just all I'll say. Inflation's a bitch. True that. True enough. How you doing today? I am well. How are you? I'm doing all right. We haven't really, uh, I, have we, it's your birthday week. You just had a birthday pass. That's probably yeah. the only time we talked this week. We haven't really hung out at all lately. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. We played some Siege, which you love <laughs> and you know I don't. Yeah, you uh, were uh, pretty pissed off pretty quick. I wasn't. I I don't know if I was pissed off per se, but it's just not fun to me. I I you know, and I'm not against first person shooters because I think I'd have a lot of fun to go in one to just jump into I think a more traditional one because I don't think that's a very traditional one. But you know what's really fascinating? I can see the correlation now because Siege was super popular with everyone for a while. And I think that it kind of gave way to the Battle Royales. And I, I see a lot of similarities in what I like to call strategy. Because I definitely think they're more strategic first-person shooters. Whereas I like the old, I like to call them Rambo style. The Halos and the Battlefields of the world where I just get to run around and shoot shit and not care about the consequences of dying. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, Siege is 100%. A strategy game. I mean, you can waffle and have a good old time, but you're still going to have some strategy in there. You got to at least hear out your enemies and not just give away your position because whoever got the drop got the shot. I, I just want a good old fashioned deathmatch mode. That's I just I just want to run through and, and kill things and and then respawn and kill things again and respawn and kill things again. This whole one 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 and out stuff. It's not for everyone. Yeah. Awesome. Well, today we're talking River City Ransom. Did you have a chance to play this one recently? Uh, yes, I did. It was on the Switch Marketplace, as you had told me. So I gave the game a good old college try. Did you get to finish it? I admittedly did not finish it, although I do know how it finishes because I was getting some guides to try and help me get through it. But uh, yeah, it's I, I got a little frustrated and had to step away and just uh, haven't haven't quite got there. Pretty close, yeah, though. Yeah. yeah, that's all right. That's all right. I guess. Uh, well, we'll get into that. You know, 
First, uh, first though, let's let's hop into our time machine. We're gonna set the dials back for January of 1990. You know, we've been here recently, Rob. Earlier in the month on January 3rd, the United States invaded Panama. Do you remember what that invasion was called? Was it the Panama invasion? It, the invasion of Panama. It was the invasion of Panama, but it had an operational code name that we've talked about. Do you remember that what it was? Doogie Hauser MD. <laughs> No, no, Operation Just Cause. That's what I said. That's exactly what you said. We, we, I gave you a history lesson on the invasion of Panama, and here we are in the same month again, and I am a piss-poor teacher, it seems. Or you I'm know? a piss-poor student. Yeah, I'm going to go with piss-poor teacher. That's all right. So here we are, January of 1990. We're invading Panama. The world doesn't know it yet, but the Cold War is winding down. The Leaning Tower of Pisa is closed to the public due to safety concerns. You know that they thought it was going to... Well, actually, there's more to the story, but uh, it was supposed to have fallen by now, the Leaning Tower. Did you know that? I did not know that. Had they not underwent this huge engineering feat, which is really cool, by the way, what they did, it would be collapsed by now. Uh, Oh, so you mean not original built. You mean like the renovations they've done with the counterbalancing. That's that's why it hasn't collapsed yet. Yes. Okay. Uh, got yeah, they, that I had, know about. Had they not done that, it was uh, we it would have been collapsed by now. But at the time, this is pre that renovation. They had to close it because they thought, it, you know, timber. The Simpsons is in its first season. It's still going. That's pretty amazing, if you ask me. Wow. Yeah. If the, yeah. Right. If The Simpsons wasn't your thing, there's a lot of iconic TV shows on TV, including Who's the Boss, The Wonder Years, Roseanne, Doogie Howser, MD, or our sister's favorite, Full House. Full House was on all the time in our house. And the number yeah. one song on the Billboard Top 100 is Phil Collins' Another Day in Paradise. So here we are, smack dab in the beginning of the 90s. And I thought it was Cheeseburger in Paradise. It was not Cheeseburger in Paradise. Nope, we did not get that. Actually, we already had that by then, but uh, that was not the number one song on the top 100 at the time. It was Phil Collins. Hmm. It was Phil Collins, well, and then it was, um, I don't know. Phil Collins was only the first half of January, and I don't remember what the second half of January was. I'll tell you what, any day with a cheeseburger is a day in paradise. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so January of 1990, we got River City Ransom. And, 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 and yeah, we got River City Ransom. Uh, aside from playing it, Rob, do you know anything about this game, its series, at any of the, at anything about it whatsoever? I didn't know that it was more than a game. Didn't know it was more than a game. Well... Like I alluded to, we're going to have a little history lesson today because not only is it a game, it is a game in a series that has over 50 titles at this point, and it's actually still going to this day. Well, fun fact. Uh, yeah, right? There's so many titles and names and, and video game stuff that we know as Western audiences, but there's a lot of Japanese series, and I wouldn't say a lot, but there's some Japanese series out there too. And this is one of them. This is River City Ransom is one game in a series that between all the games and remakes and everything else they've made in it, there are, if I'm not mistaken, I have the number much later in in our notes right now, and I'm not going to flip to it. I believe there's 56 titles total in this series. And we know of... uh, Is this really the only game in the series you know of? Yeah. Because there are four NES titles and then there are two recent titles brought to America because we got River City Ransom Underground in 2017 and we got River City Girls in 2019 I've I believe I've heard of either of those I know I'm I'm I, again I got it all in my notes but I'm just kind of I'm just kind of going off the top of my head right now riffing so Cool. Well, then you, you've got a lot to learn about the series, and, and hopefully our listeners have a lot to learn as well. And so that's what we're going to spend spend our time on today. I, I know I talk about it every week. 
And I always like to be like, oh, I like to focus on the, you know, what people thought of it and so on and so forth in the feelies. But the truth of the matter is, is anything from the NES era or before is super hard to find reviews on. Sometimes I get stupid lucky. Last week when we did Diablo, that was a, I mean, that was a little later, but you know, that was early. I got stupid lucky. No, last week we did Devil May Cry. Diablo was two weeks ago. Anyway, uh, sometimes I get lucky and sometimes I don't. And River City Ransom is is pretty hard to find people's opinions on. But luckily we have a long-storied history that many of you don't know about. And since I love history, we're going to talk about it. So the first game in the series, and look, this is all Japanese. I'm going to butcher the hell out of it. I'm going to tell you that right now. I am not good at Japanese, not in any way, shape, or form. But we're going to give it a shot anyways. Know that I mean well, and I don't mean any disrespect to anyone. But here we go. You ready for it? Sure you can thing. make you, you can make fun of me as we go along. How about, how about that for your part today? Sure. So, yay, make fun of Dave, favorite thing. So the first one, back in 1986, we have Niketsu Koha Kunio-kun, which translates roughly to hot-blooded tough guy Kunio. And in this game, the player takes control of Kunio as he fights against the various gangs who bully his friend. This would be the first game in the Kunio series. It was localized to international audiences as the game Renegade, both in the arcades and the Nintendo Entertainment System. On the, okay. Japanese, on the Japanese side, it looked like, um, I don't know, I guess to American audiences, it would almost look like a karate fighter. You know, the... It was a side-scrolling beat-em-up, took place on three levels of, of two screens back and forth. And, you know, the main character was wearing a traditional uh, school uniform. I, I, I don't know its name, I'm bad with that stuff. You know, which I, I would assume as an ignorant American audience, we'd probably call it like a karate suit or something like that. You, you know what I mean? Just that long white, you know, all right. Kimono? So, no, it's not a kimono. It starts with a K. I can't think of it. But anyway, so yes, yeah, so he fights, and in the American version, the game's called Renegade. It looks nothing like this. In the every time this company, which is Technos Japan, brought a game over to America, they Americanized it. In Renegade, they made the game resemble the 1979. I don't think that's the year, but I I might be wrong or right. The Warriors. Do you know the the the, sh the movie The Warriors? Doesn't sound familiar. You don't know the Warriors? I don't think so. Warriors, come out and play. You don't know that one at all? Mm, no comprende. Oh my god, it's such a good movie about like oh you gotta watch the Warriors. That's kind of a it's kinda of weird. I'm not surprised that you haven't seen it, but it's it's a good movie, so Warriors. Anyways, so they made this uh they made this game resemble the Warriors, so it really doesn't resemble the, the its origin. Uh, admittedly, I can understand why a lot of American audiences didn't put the two together, but Renegade is is the first game in the Kunio Kun series. And it was a standard for beat em ups. You know, beat em up. One of the things that was unique about Renegade as a beat em up is that most of most of the beat em ups until this point, all the beat em ups until this point, actually, were just side scrolling in that you moved from one side to the next, like, like the original Mario Brothers side scrolling. But what Renegade did is it let the character move up and down on the map and it gave the illusion. It wasn't really true 3D, but when you can move up and down, it gives you the illusion that you're in 3D. Do you remember playing the original Teenage Mutant Turtles arcade game at all? I don't believe I ever played the arcade game, just the Super Nintendo or whichever one was Turtles in Time. Okay, so Turtles in Time was the fourth one in the series, if my memory is serving me correctly. But that's the, kind of the concept, right? If it was side-scrolling, you'd always be at the bottom of the screen moving from left to right, but you can also move up and down. And, and like in Turtles in Time, you can move up and down, so you're either closer to the background or further from the background. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so Renegade, Rene Renegade was the first game to do that, okay? And so it kind of... It kind of gave a, a it kind of made a standard i mean it, it 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 became a standard and that was way back in 1986 all right 
1987, we got Niketsu Koko Dodgeball Boo. And that would be the second game in the Kunio series. And in this game, Kunio leads his school's dodgeball team, which is Niketsu High School, against his rival school, which, after they defeat their rival school, they then proceed to compete against international teams. So the second, this one, Niketsu Koko Dodgeball Boo, was localized to the U.S. as Super Dodgeball. Did you ever play Super Dodgeball? Doesn't sound familiar. Man, we had Super... I, I mean, I had Super Dodgeball. I don't... I don't know if you've ever stumbled across our NES collection. I don't even know where it is these days. I thought you had it, honestly. I know, I know everyone thinks I have it. I don't think I have it, but that's neither here nor there. So, um, I've I've repurchased a lot of NES stuff, but I don't remember ever ever the older stuff coming to me. So it might still be somewhere. You know how our house is; things get lost in holes. So that they do. It could be in my closet for all I know. Yeah, so Super Dodgeball. We got Super Dodgeball. Super Dodgeball was a lot of fun. Uh, Super Dodgeball, when it was localized, was United States versus... It wasn't that... They, every time the Kunio Kun series brings something over to uh, United States, they get rid of this whole high school rivalry thing. They just turn it into something else. So in Super Dodgeball... You played as United States or other teams against other international teams, and it was a fun little tournament. I remember you could spike the ball. There were like super spike power ups. Um, I'm even thinking of super spike ball or or whichever. But anyways, it was a lot of fun. I remember playing that one. So and that was number two. So the third game in the Cuneo series came a few years later in 1989. This would be the first that was produced specifically for consoles. And this one would actually be, it's called Downtown Niketsu Story. And that is what would be localized to the United States as River City Ransom. It's also known in Europe as Street Gangs. You know, these games got localized and renamed and, and reskinned all over the place. I have a lot more to say, obviously, because this episode's on River City Ransom, but we're going to come back to it. I want to I wanna keep going. I want to I keep going. In 1990, we got Niketsu High School Dodgeball Club Soccer Story, which is the fourth game in the Kunio series, and it features the dodgeball team helping the school soccer team compete against, wouldn't you guess, the rival high schools. When it was localized in the United States, it came over here as Nintendo World Cup, and all the high schools became nations. I, I, we had World Cup 2, which was a lot of fun. I remember if you hit the ball certain ways, it would do weird it would do weird things like go super fast or I think there was one where like you'd hit it like like a bicycle kick and it did like a horseshoe across the map and then zoomed really fast into the net. I might be mixing up the dodgeball and the World Cup, but it was this thing where you had all these stupid power up moves that was a, a lot of fun. Uh, as I said before, there's 56 games in this series. I don't intend on doing all of them, but I do want to point out. Uh, I do. I do want to point out some of them. The same year we had Soccer Story, we had Downtown Nuketsu March Super Awesome Field Day, in which they compete in a series of four athletic events. In 1990, we also had the first Game Boy game, the first portable game in the series, which was Nuketsu Koha Kunio Kun Bangai Ranto Hen which translates roughly to Niketsu Tough Guy Kunio, The Further Brawls. You ready to make fun of my pronunciations yet? I mean, I'm not a Japanese speaker. I know very <laughs> few things in Japanese. So I'm not one to judge the other right. person saying Kunio. Yeah, well, Kunio is pretty easy. It's the I know I got that one right, and I know I got Niketsu. 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 I got all that right. It's all the other stuff that I'm trying to that's probably wrong. So the reason why I brought up this one, because there's ones I've skipped, is because this one was released internationally as a Game Boy version of Double Dragon 2. But it's not the same as the actual arcade Double Dragon 2 The Revenge, which was later ported to other consoles. And if you're curious why this was released as Double Dragon 2, give me a little bit of time. I will get there to talk about the relationship to Double Dragon. Okay? Okay. In 91, we got one of my favorites, Downtown Special, Kunio Kun's historical period drama, in which, you guessed it, Kunio characters act out a period play. That one sounds interesting, huh, Rob? Oh, yes. That 
Sounds great. <laughs> In 92, we got Go-Go Niketsu Hockey Club, Slip and Slide Madness, which I, I don't know. What is that? What do you think that one's about? Uh, is it how he beats up people by sliding down a slip and slide in the Olympics. <laughs> that would actually be a lot of fun. Uh, but no, it's hockey. Oh. In 92, you also got Surprise, Niketsu New Records, the Distant Gold Medal, which was released in the, the United States as Crash in the Boy Street Challenge. I never played Crash in the Boy Street Challenge. I have zero familiarity with it. Sounds like a boy band. I know, Crash in the Boys. Actually, it is kind of a boy band. Crash in the Boys is the isn't that the name of the band from Scott Pilgrim? Oh wait, is it? Isn't isn't one of the bands in Scott Pilgrim Crash in the Boys? I think it's the one. I think it's the one in the uh, Battle of the Bands scene is is one of the bands called Crash in the Boys. So I don't know. Later known as the Boys. Later, oh, and, and Crash. Then, yes, and then they. Well, no, I oh. think. I no, think I'm, I'm literally reading the wiki. Oh, it goes from Crash and the Boys to the Boys and because Crash, Crash gets uh, the Boys and Crash. Got it. So I wasn't wrong, was I? And it is a reference to the NES game Crash and the Boys Street Challenge. Nice, very nice. Oh, Dave, good Thanks. call out. I guess my memory of Scott Pilgrim isn't that bad. You know, I actually own that whole graphic book series. I'm not surprised. I know I'm a dork. I don't own many graphic novels. Though. That's probably the only one I not probably. It actually is the only only series I own graphic novel wise. I don't own any myself, but I plan on it someday when I have more space for more books. So in 92, we had the SNES and we got Shodai Niketsu Koha Kunio Kun, which was the first Super Famicom, which was the SNES in Japan, the first uh, Super Famicom Kunio Kun game which was set during his second year of high school, and it never came to the U.S. Uh, we had in 94, Shin Niketsu Koha Kunyotachi no Banka, which translates roughly to the new Niketsu tough guy, the Elegy of Kunio and Company, which was chronologically set between Renegade and River City Ransom. So they got some story fill-in, and we didn't. And I'm serious, like, there are a ton of games in this series. You know, I, I could go on for a while, but I think this is, you know, starting to, my eyes are starting, ears are starting to bleed, so you don't want to hear me anymore. But there's basketball, and I think there's a ping pong game, and and there's a, a numerous dodgeball variations put out. And, I, I mean, there's literally a game, there's, there's a game for every sport imaginable in the Kunio Kun series. Which brings us to 90, not 97, 2017. You know, we got, like I said, we got River City Ransom Underground, which is available on PC. And then in 2019, we got River City Girls, which is also available on Steam. So the series is, the series is still going. And like I had noted, between the original games, between the anniversary releases and all the remakes, there were, I, I, I counted 56 games in the series. And I think only six of them are uh, six of them have been released in some way, shape, or form to Western audiences. Honestly, there's more now. Um, in 2019, uh, you know what? I'll get back to that one second. So, uh, Double Dragon, right? I talked about how Double Dragon, you know, the the first Game Boy one would become Double Dragon Two. Kunio Kun was a Technos Japan game. The developer. One of the guys involved in the series would go on to work on Double Dragon. So Renegade, or, or the original Kunio Kun game, was a, a success, but they thought that they could do better both technologically with the technology they had. And so they they worked, they they split up and they went to go work on a technological and spiritual successor to Renegade, and that game became Double Dragon. Rav, do you know the Double Dragon series? I do not believe I do. But you know of the Double Dragon series? It sounds familiar, yes, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. Huh. It's really fascinating to me sometimes, like, titles. And look, I'm not a Double Dragon, like, nut. I, I couldn't tell you much about the series, but I'm familiar with it. And it's really weird to me to think that you're not, but they really don't have Double Dragons anymore. So, Double Dragon was one of the... I don't think it was one of the... I think it was the first co-op uh beat 'em up 
And, you know, it, the first Double Dragon, I think, was came in just before River City Ransom, which is a, you know, co-op beat-em-up. And, yeah. Anyway, the spiritual successor to Renegade, and, and therefore, I would say, one of the offshoots of 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 the Kunio Kun series is, is actually Double Dragon. There's homages to Double Dragon all over the place through the series. But, um, yeah. What I was going to say before is, on the Switch in 2019, they released a Double Dragon and Kunio Kun Brawler anthology. It, I don't know if it's on the eShop or what. I know it's a Switch title. And among all the Double Dragons, it has a non-localized version of River City Ransom, the Downtown Niketsu story. Um, it, it has the the, the it has the version that's their story and not our story. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. But that's what I want to talk about today. That's exactly what I want to talk about. So probably the most fascinating thing in all of this is is the localization because they made it different, and I want to talk about how they made it different and why they made it different, and just kind of take a look at that process uh, as we go through it. But first, let's talk about River City Ransom, okay? So River City Ransom, well, Rob, you you've played it recently. What's the basic premise of River City Ransom? The premise is that your girlfriend was kidnapped. And you have to go and save her. Whose girlfriend, though? Oh, God, I can't remember the names right now. Isn't that the... Con- okay, so there's Alex and there's Ryan. Ryan, Alex and Ryan. And then Slick is the protagonist. Yeah, correct. Bad guy's Slick. So do you remember the girlfriend's name? Nope. Cindy. Oh, okay, Cindy. Do you remember whose girlfriend she is? Andy. No, she's oh, Ryan's Ryan. girlfriend. Yeah, she's Ryan. not even... If you play one player, you play as Alex. And it's not even your girlfriend that you're trying to save. You're trying to save your friend Ryan's girlfriend from Slick. Which I find kind of weird. Like, wouldn't you want to make it your girlfriend, or at least the main protagonist's girlfriend, but no, it's the, it's the non-main protagonist's girlfriend? And I mean, I guess when you play two-player, they both are in there, but it's not like the game is a brown Ryan. Ryan's not Kunio. Uh, Ryan's Ricky. You know, that's what that's it's Kunio and Ricky in the Japanese version, and it's Ricky's girlfriend, uh, not Ryan's girlfriend. I don't know, I just find that bizarre. So maybe his buddy's weak, man. Maybe you know, so yes, yeah, so you, you, you are high school students and you're trying to rescue Ryan's girlfriend from a villain called Slick, and along the way, they have to battle various gangs of students and their gang leaders act as, act as bosses. So that's that's the premise behind the game. Pretty simple. Like they were students? Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. So, Oh my goodness. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so, <laughs> River City Ransom is a beat-em-up game with role-playing elements, right? You can move freely across the screen, you can punch, you can kick, you can jump, you can pick up weapons such as chains, brass knuckles, the trash cans, or the wheels. Did you ever jump on the wheel while it was rolling? I did not, know. You can ride the wheel like it's a freaking, like you run along with it. You didn't even know you could do that, did you? I saw it, but I didn't. I didn't oh, do it man. Your character's effectiveness is determined by their, they have attributes in punching or kicking, and those attributes are buffed by various books, items, or foods that you buy throughout areas in the games. You can also buy new techniques like a, a fast punch or a fast kick, uh, a spiral jump. Uh, this was before they had saved games. There's no save system, at least in the United States version. There was a, a save system called the Turbo File on the Japanese version. But in the United States, we only had password systems to save our games. It wasn't very long. Average playtime is two, two and a half hours. And it's also open world. Uh, you can literally walk from one, the very first map you start on to the very last map you, well, second to last map you start on, um, and back and, and however you please. So it's technically an open world game. And it's really fascinating. We talk a lot about open world, but we never really ever got to this in the conversation, did we? No, we did not. But it's open world. I mean, it's open world. You can, you, you can go anywhere. You can go anywhere. How is it not open world? No, it is. I it, it's it is weird, huh? Yeah, <laughs> didn't think of it that way, but you're right. Okay, 
in the Japanese version, and now I want to get into localization, which is what I want to talk about today. So uh, in the Japanese version, the, the story is that Kunio and Ricky are saving the, his girlfriend, and it's not Cindy in it's not Cindy in the Japanese version. It's Mami, Mami, M- Mami or Mami. I like Mami because it reminds me of, of of being facetious in Spanish. I Mami trying to save him from the bad guy. The bad guy is uh, Yamada in. Is it Yamada? Yamamoto. Yeah, Slick becomes Yamada. So, anyways, in in this one, yeah. But anyway, so they're rival high schools, right? Kunio, you know, is in one school, and all the gangs are actually high school, like rival high schools. Like, there's, you know, the generic dudes, the the gang that's a generic dudes becomes Senra Dai High School, and you're actually going against a ton of rival high schools on your way to get to Yamada or Slick in the, which it is in the American version. So yeah, in the United States version, they're not. I, I say gangs of students, but they're really just gangs. Period. And I guess I guess I put students in there because of the in- influence. But in Japanese version, you're actually up against all these rival high schools who are blocking the way from you to to rescue your girl. And each each there there are no gangs. The the gangs don't exist. They have names of local high schools. Does that make sense? Absolutely. There's a lot of changes. So as we talked about it, the main characters, Kunio becomes Alex. Uh, and it's really fascinating. I, I want to do some etymology, so we, I kind of went and I looked up what all these names mean to see if there was any rhyme or reason to uh, to the names they picked. So Cuneo means countryman, whereas Alex means man's defender. I guess I can see some correlation there. I think that probably Alex is a much more American name, and that's why they picked it. What do you think? Maybe, yeah. Ricky means power or strength, while Ryan means little king. I don't, not much correlation there. Again, probably Ryan's a traditional American name, huh? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Sabe, long leader superior, becomes Roxy, bright or dawn. And then like we n- mentioned, Mami means true beauty, uh, where Cindy means you come from the mountain of Kynthos. Uh, it's apparently it's Greek. Who would have guessed? Not me. The boss. The bosses get weird names. Sawaguchi becomes Moose. Kamijo and Yamamoto become Benny and Clyde. I mean, come on. Yeah. Kamijo means above or superior to God, where Benny is a Hebrew name meaning sun. Yamamoto means base of the mountain. Uh, I I think this one's fascinating, actually. So Yamamoto becomes Clyde. Uh, Yamamoto, like I said, means base of the mountain. Clyde is also a geographical name. It refers to someone who lives on the bank of the Clyde River, which flows through Glasgow. Uh, Glasgow. Isn't it Glasgow? That's such an American way of saying it. I'm such a tourist right now. But uh, I think it's fascinating that those are both geographical names. Other bosses, uh, Rocco, which means rest in American, became is Nishimura, which means West Village in the Japanese version. Kinoshita means one who lives under a tree. And they become blade, which means, uh, I mean, a blade, a knife or a sword. <laughs> Profound. Yes. Mochizuki means full moon, and they become Turk, who refers to either Turkish people, which is also said to mean strength. I, I, uh, Tyra means flying, and they become mojo, which is a South African word that means fertility, rain, music, dance, and lucky charm. I don't know how you get those two. There's a Kobayashi, which means small forest, and they become Thor, which of course is the old Norse word for thunder, thunder god. And of course, the main boss, like I said, is Yamada, which he becomes Slick. Slick is believed to be an Americanized version of the German Schlick, which is an inhabitant of mossy area. Uh, I don't know how true that is. You you know German more than I do. Yeah, but I'm not familiar with that word. <laughs> And like I said, the gangs, the American version, we became gangs, shows how how much they thought about us as Americans. But they were actually high schools in the Japanese version. So the generic dudes was Senradai High School. The mob was Hakutaka High School. Matagawa High School became the Squids. Raiho Academy became the Plague. Uh, They had all these really cool high schools that were competing against one another. And and then they turned them into lame-ass 
lame-ass gang names like the Mob, the Squids, and the Plague. There's also, what, like the Cowboys, the Frat Boys, the Jocks. What else? Can you remember any of the others? Uh, no, you, you named the ones that I would remember. Yeah. Oh, the Internationals, that was one of them? I don't know. I don't remember that one. One thing we did get when it was brought over to the Western side was unique names in our stores. So in the Japanese version, the coffee shops are all called coffee shop. The fast food joints are all called fast food. Drugstores are all drugstores. But when they brought it over to America, our Western audiences rather, because Europe got it too, we all got generic. Uh, we got less generic names. Like the coffee shop became the Rise and Shine Cafe in one place, and I, you know, a prob, you know, a different name in another. The rice shop became Shea Wale's. Fast food joint became Merv's Burger Joint. The drugstore, for instance, became Jones Pharmacy. Funny enough, the fish shop became the butcher shop because we Lord knows that Americans don't eat fish. I thought there was a sushi shop in there. There is a sushi shop. And it's actually the sushi shop in both versions. They didn't change that so at why all. Why do you need a fish shop and a sushi shop? You get your sushi, your fish at your sushi shop and your other meats at your butcher shop. But there was no butcher shop in the Japanese version. It was the fish shop. I know. Never mind. Never mind. No, okay. I'm following you. I'm just saying. They don't care about the rest of the meat. They just want their fish. And maybe sometimes they don't want it rolled up with cucumber or rice or seaweed. Yeah, they probably do. Yeah, maybe they do. The bathhouse becomes Pop's Health Club. That one cracks me up. Because when you use it in the game, it's clearly still a bathhouse, but they don't call it a bathhouse for Americans. They called it Pop's Health Club. Which makes it kind of creepy, to be honest with you. Why not call it, like, a sauna? Yeah, exactly. Why not call it a sauna? There were other things that they they localized, too. In the Japanese release, the main characters wore those traditional Japanese school uniforms we talked about. So, like, Alex was wearing all white, and Ricky was wearing all blue. But in the United States releases, they're wearing what, Rob? Um, you wait, played it. Who are they we talking wear? about? And any uh, the main characters, what, what's everyone actually? What's everyone wearing in this game? Jeans and a t-shirt. Absolutely, jeans and a t-shirt. They didn't wear that in the United in the Japanese version. They all wore traditional school outfits, which were one color. So imagine white shirt, white pants, or blue shirt, blue pants, or pink shirt, pink. Like like they were one color in the uh, Japanese version because they were meant to reflect Japanese school uniforms. Sense. But when they brought it over to the United States, they're like, those uncultured swine. We're going to make them all wear jeans and a t-shirt. So, jeans and a t-shirt. Jeans and a t-shirt. Even the moves got different names. The mock, pu mock punch became stone hands. The mock kick became dragon feet. The mock strike became grand slam. Screw became arrow circus. Stop became final steps. And the human torpedo became javelin man. I much steps. prefer fatal steps. I much prefer Human Torpedo to Javelin Man. They shouldn't have changed that. Should they? I was going to say, every one of those names made so much sense in the Japanese. Because Stone Hands, I punch faster. Dragon Feet, eh, you know, okay, that makes a little sense, whatever. But Grand Slam, like Mock Strike just makes more sense. Screw. Aero Circus sounds like I'm just doing aerobatics in the... the, the... No. Yeah, that's an absolutely useless us. In fact, the last three, I don't even think I buy on most of my playthroughs. I'll buy the Stone Hands, Dragon Feet, and Grand Slam, but I don't ever bother with Arrow Circus, Fatal Steps, or Javelin Man. They're just, they're not. Actually, the only one to go for is Grand Slam. You you go for Grand Slam, and then you can beat the shit out of anyone with, with uh, weapons, and then it, that's that's how you get through the entire game, so. Oh, that would have been nice to know. Yeah. Well, let's let's get to that point, shall we? So I, both of us played the game recently. It was a, re a replay for, was it the first time for you or was it a replay for you? First time for me. First time for you and a replay for me because I had it way back here in the 90s. So um, so I had a chance to play it. I, I tore through it. It's not a very long game. I think I did it in less than two hours, honestly. Um, I didn't really dick around in it very much. You played it for, what, a few hours? Uh, four. Well, three to four. Okay. We're, I died uh, a lot. Okay. All right. Well, so what do you think? Like, what are your perceptions of the game? Well, at first, I was really confused how the health worked in the game because I would lose all my bars but still be able to take hits. So, like, I never really knew 
what was going on with that okay. or get it back. Like I went to food stores and kept buying food and it would go up like two and then randomly be at like full again. I didn't know what anything did and randomly I would get attributes added to me like willpower and things and I didn't know what they did. So I was just really confused about everything and every time I went to go fight, I just kind of sucked. I always get hit with random off th- off screen uh, chains oh, or yeah. rock or something. Yeah, I know that game's really stupid for that. Did you figure it out though? No, not not really. <laughs> I didn't want to look up a guide, but it just it it's very confusing if you don't know it. Oh man, yeah, it really is. In, in all honesty, I I have the get stone hands beat the crap out of everyone and get dragon feet beat the crap out of everyone. Save up enough money for grand slam, and then once you have like a chain in your hands, there's really no. You can button mash enough that there's really no guy after that they can beat you once you have Grand Slam. I think I think all the attributes go up to the 60s. Like you can get your punch and kick and all that up to 63 if I'm not mistaken. And I don't think mine ever break like 25 when I play the game because once you get Grand Slam, it's it's all it's like game over for everyone. And then it's just a matter of, I mean, literally, you can just sit there with like a chain or something and spam and beat the crap out of everyone. That's why you can potentially get through it kind of quick. Well, damn. Well, I mean, you're probably not very far from the end. If you put that much time in it, you should go buy Grand Slam and beat the crap out of everyone because it's really not. If you've gotten that far, you pr- you can probably just do it and get to the end and be done with it. So, well, if I didn't lose half of my money every time, that might be a little easier said than done. Go beat Benny and Clyde in front of the bathhouse. I think that's the best spot to grind for money, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at grinding, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So not a fan, huh? Just not your thing? I wouldn't say that. I just feel it's a little complicated at first, not knowing what I'm doing. Which is funny that you're saying that, considering how complex games have become over the 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 you know next 30 years. Has it really been that long? It has been that long. Yikes. Um, how complex games are. Imagine imagine this back in 1990 when we didn't have we didn't have this. I'll be honest with you, I didn't even think about punches or attributes. That's probably why I play the way I do where you just get the technique and beat everyone. I I wouldn't even have been able, I I couldn't even have told you back then what punch or kick or willpower, or max power or anything of that was. I literally couldn't have told you. It wasn't until I played it again as an adult that you slowly deduce what these things are. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just wish. I mean, I feel like at least in the instruction manual, it might tell you what all the different items did, or I guess maybe it's trial and error, in which case probably would have taken me a lot longer. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, get your good technique and move on from there. So, right, you are. We should have tried it together. We probably could have whipped through it on a two-player. You know, this is one of the first co-op, one of the first and one of the few, for that matter, co-op games on the NES, which is in part what made it popular and why why a lot of uh, honestly, it's a well-known NES game as far as I'm I know or consider. And one of the reasons was was because it was a co-op game, which is really kind of fascinating. So, uh, yeah. But you did you know of it before we chose to do it? Yes, I've known about this title for a while. I had just never gotten around to playing it. But you'd never gotten around to playing it. Gotcha. 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 So, I mean, it was a fun, fun little jaunt down down uh, nostalgia lane for me. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it was it was neat to pick it up again. And I, I, you know, I usually play a little bit on my switch when I'm laying in bed while I'm winding down for the day. And it was two nights of you know, winding down on my Switch maybe three nights, I don't know, depending on how long it was. That's really all it was for me, and then I was done. And then I moved on. And then I moved on to uh, Link, Ventures of Zelda. That's that's where we moved on to. Well, that'll, that'll about do it for the game. Let's take a look at how how well do you think this was received back then, Rob? Uh, being that it was one of the first multiplayer games, and it was just kind of run around, beat them up, didn't have a whole lot of like puzzle things, and which would make it a little more friendly for people who don't like to spend a lot of time on games. I'm going to imagine pretty well. Yeah, I think it was. All the reviews I could find put it in 80, 80, mid-80s to low-90s, so B to an A, low A, you know? 
I did find a few snippets of reviews though. You wanna you wanna take this first one from Enforce in 1992. So if, I mean a few years after it came out, but Enforce magazine here. What 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 did they have to say about uh, River City Ransom? They had to say that there was more to offer than your average beat 'em up, and definitely one to keep an eye out for. Kind of fascinating because now I don't think that's the case, but back then there wasn't weren't really a lot of options. You know what I mean? Right, absolutely. I mean, there was uh, one, this and one other at the time. Yeah. Uh, right when it first came out, and well, this was 89 because Jap- the Japanese version came out before the American version. Nintendo Power had something to say about it. What was Nintendo Power's little blip on it? They had to say, the generic boy is giving you trouble. Can't seem to get across the Clark Street Bridge alone. Well, my friend, Technos has given you the solution. Just holler for your best NES buddy, and the two of you can take him on at the same time. It's the roughest, toughest, two-fisted, put-up-your-duke-street-brawl ever. River City Ransom. There you go. So, their push was the two-player mode, which I think was the, was the push for a lot of people. But I don't know if I... I'm sure I played this two-player with people, but I don't... I don't... Uh, I don't really know. I did find a few user reviews on Moby Games, uh, not very many, only a, a small handful, but I found some too from back, you know, way back in the 90s to see what people think. Uh, this first one is from Jimmy Sherrill on Moby Games, and in his summary, he said, Take Street Fighter, add Final Fantasy, throw in some Super Mario Brothers, and what do you get? River City Ransom. Rob, do you think that's accurate? Hmm, I would imagine, yes, that that's pretty accurate. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely accurate. Well, what did he have to say specifically in his review, Rob? He said, hands down, River City Ransom was one of the best games ever for the NES and way ahead of its time. You can pick up a large variety of objects and learn a huge arsenal of moves. Plus, you can get money from the beaten up gang members to buy food and other items, which replenish your health, willpower, or other stats. Plus, it has a neat tilted view that gives the illusion of depth, like in Commander Keen, Goodbye Galaxy, which came out about two years later. Plus, the boss fights are very nice and challenging. Oh, there you go. It's kind of funny to think about it being way ahead of its time, right? Because this is a beat-em-up, you could pick up options, you could, it was a beat-em-up in which you could learn a huge arsenal of moves. That's something pretty standard nowadays for, you know, we just did De- uh, Devil May Cry, and as you progress through the game, you learn new moves, you know. And so nowadays, like hack and slash and beat up games, that's a pretty common game mechanic. But back in 1990, that wasn't the case. I don't know if I can think of other games that allowed you to 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 purchase new moves like this one. I'm I'm slow because I'm trying to think as I'm talking and I can't I can't think of others. Can you think of any others that you know of? That really wasn't your era, was it? No, it was not my era. Wasn't your era. So Adzuka on Moby Games summarized his review of River City Ransom in which he said River City, where the smiles are free. Uh Rob, what did what did Adzukan have to say? As you can have to say, in summary, River City Ransom is a short but sweet, simple yet deep co-op beat-em-up that you and a friend can have a blast playing through in an afternoon. The game is simple to pick up and learn, even for novice players and non-gamers. It is one of the best NES games ever released and should be a part of every retro gamer's collection. River City Ransom is an amazing game. Okay, alright. My Zeron Mobile Moby Games here says Street Fighting never got better than this. I think that's a very uh, risky gamble to take. I think Street Fighter got way better than this. Uh, but what did My Zer have to say, Rob? My Zer had to say that the mix of RPG and action elements in this title were superb. You beat up gang members and get cash. You use the cash to buy drugs, items, food, anything to improve your character stats so you can beat up more guys and get more cash. The cycle has pulled off well enough to not be repetitive by the time the end of the game came around. I think that's a, a pretty fair assessment, don't you? I, it's a little grindy. It is. I think the games. I I think the games all grind, to be honest with you. But it's so short that it really doesn't matter. Um, I if you're if you if you play well enough, if you're awful like me, it, it gets a little frustrating. Well, you know, I don't. I. 
I think what's more fat, don't get me wrong, River City Ransom is a good game, but it's short. There's not much substance to it. I think what's most fascinating about it is that we don't know that there's 55 other games in the Kunio Kun series. <laughs> yeah, that's fascinating to me. But yeah, that, that's that's River City Ransom in a nutshell. Short, sweet, succinct, just like the game. Before we move on, is there anything else that you'd like to ask or add about River City Ransom, Rob? Well, I did have a chance to see the end of the game because I did watch a playthrough trying to get an idea of what I was doing and see where I was going wrong. And most of it was just that I'm really bad at the game. Okay. <laughs> um, and at the end, you, you know, you find the, the boss and you find out who it is and everything. But the lines at the end, I, I don't. Do you recall what the lines are right at the end that are said? I, off the top of my head, I do not. I do know, though, that it's kind of open-ended, and we never got a River City Ransom 2 to play off of it. Is that fair? Uh, what I recall... Well, hold on. I'm just going to actually look this up while we're doing this. Sure, let's look this up. Because I just remember that while I'm looking for this, that it was just so random that I literally was just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll be back and I won't forget this. Then it's followed with, thanks to Alex and Ryan, that was the end of Evil Simon. The gangs returned to class and became honor students. What? See? Cindy was rescued in time to finish her shopping. So, knowing the history now, it makes sense that the gangs were students. Yeah. But when it said the gangs went back to become honor students, I, I, I had to laugh because I... I yeah, Where because do you hear performed no... gang members going to back to honor students. <laughs> yeah, you have no. You have it no was idea. so Just random. Like, yeah, we're roving, we're roving street gangs, and now we're honor students. All of a sudden, go us. So it, it definitely does help uh, knowing a little bit of the history of this and understanding the original adaptation. I also too. think it's fucking funny. So Cindy's there, and you know Alex and Ricky go through all this trouble to save her. I mean, they literally, excuse me, they literally have to go through droves. They literally have to go through droves of people to rescue her. And so they, they they defeat him, they rescue her, and then it's like, okay, time to go shopping, guys. It's like, yo, bitch, do you not understand the gravity of what just happened? Can I have a moment to breathe? Nope. Yeah, no, time, I, that is pretty hilarious, too. Time man. to go shopping. God damn it, Cindy. You know, River City Girls, Cindy and Roxy have to f rescue Alex and Ricky or uh, Cuneo and Ricky. It's the it's the flip floppy part. The, the girls rescue the guys. Interesting. And River City River City Ransom Underground starts with that scene and I haven't played it yet. I'm pretty sure I own it. I think I bought it when it was on sale once. But uh, it starts out with that scene and it plays off of the ending. It's so it's kind of a sequel to it, basically, that we should play sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Plan. Yeah. Yep. 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 So anyways, yeah, that's what I have on River City Ransom. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? That's a good point. I didn't think about that ending at all. Uh, nope. That was about the only thing. Other than that, it's just a lot of beat em up and a lot of barf, a lot of barf and coins. A lot of barf and coins. A lot of barf and coins. If you don't know what we're talking about, every time you defeat an enemy, they go barf and they drop money for you. And so you, you see the you see them like a little speech bubble that pops up that says barf. And then you hear the coin sound and coins are on the ground. You pick up the money. So essentially when you beat everyone, everyone throws up and they give you money. So barf. barf. Gaming question of the week, Rob. You ready? Sure. Since we're talking about saving girlfriends, I thought that we could talk about our affinity for video game characters. And so my question is, have you ever had a crush on a video game character? Off the top of my head, nothing comes to mind. I mean, Diva's pretty cool and all, but... Um... Yeah, I honestly don't know if I have had any either, truthfully. I, I maybe had childhood crushes on the Final Fantasy VII girls, you know, because you kind of get attached to them as you're playing. You know, Aerith and Tifa. I was thinking Tifa would probably, you know, be a definite one. But like, I it's like you can be like, ooh, like, yeah, attractive person there. But like, I don't know. It's not like. Uh, I don't know. 
I, I mean, that, that deeper I mean, attraction. Look, rule thirty-four is a legit thing nowadays, and there is a ton of people that that find ways to make video game characters attractive. Oh, and absolutely, I, I believe that the characters can be made to be attractive, but in the sense of like the game itself, I've never felt like it, that deep interest. Like it's cool to look at, but like window shopping, baby. Yeah, window shopping indeed. I don't know. I like definitely have had the thought like, damn, that's like a a fan service character, and like, yeah, it's cool. Oh, no crushes. Neither one of us have any significant crushes. That's okay. That's a good thing. Nowadays, there's lots of characters that are attractive, but we're past the point where we would get attracted to a attracted to which we'll call it. Right. Right. Yeah. I will say there are some pretty sweet Bowsette cosplays or Bowsette. Yeah. Bowsette is a character I could get behind, but you know, no, no crush. Just no just smash. Just smash. No crush. Just smash. Becky Lim smash. And for those listening, we would love to hear from you. If you've ever had a crush on a video game character, maybe you can tell that Dave and I are the weird ones because we've never had it. You know, if you want to do that, or if you want to tell us you hate the sound of our voices or whatever, you should definitely let us know that. Come visit us on our website, www.memorycardlane.com. What else can they find on our website? At our website, you can also find show notes, calendars of our upcoming podcasts with the topics that we will be talking about so you can put some little inputs in for us. Biographies of Dave and maybe sometime within 2021, a biography of myself. Or you can find links to our Discord. Also there, you can find links to our Patreon. And Dave, why don't you tell them a little more about that Patreon? So if you like what you're hearing week in and week out, you can support our podcast and our community uh, by giving us $2 a month. On Patreon, we do weekly community polls. I also post the these episodes once I'm done editing them, so you tend to get them about uh, the night before, say about twelve hours early. Uh, but most importantly, you'll be supporting all uh, you know our 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 podcast. The uh, the money pretty much just goes towards our you know podcast hosting space, our Discord server space, our podcast website. That's the third thing: website space. So that's all, plain and simple. Support the content that you already listen and love by going to www.patreon.com slash trip down memory card lane or just going to our website at www.memorycardlane.com and clicking at the top of the page on support and that'll take you to a banner on our patreon where you can give us two dollars a month and support all of our efforts also on our website you will find our social media links i am on there my Twitter account, a link to my Twitter account is on there, which is David underscore is underscore wrong. Rob, what are you doing on social media these days? I may be found on twitch.tv forward slash F-A-T-B-O-I-R-I-P-Z, streaming the occasional first-person shooter, or maybe we're building some factories, or who knows, maybe we're racing around some tracks. You never know until you drop in. Before I got on this episode, I was watching Let's Game It Out. Did you know he's streaming again? I did not. Yes, he's on twitch.tv slash, I think just let our game, I think just game it out. I'll have to look it up. But uh, if you're a fan of the YouTube series, Let's Game It Out, the guy who plays strategy games amazingly wrong, uh, he is doing Twitch streaming now. So go check him out. Go check him out. Before we call it a day on the ransoms of the river city is there anything that you would like to say to our audience as always i would like to just take a second to say thank you to each and every one of you who are listening we'd still be here with or without you but it makes it a lot more fun knowing that hopefully we get a few laughs out of you we get some enjoyment out of your day so let us know what you think we'd love to hear from you all righty well that'll do it for today's episode uh beat em up beat em up episode 21 of our video game nostalgia podcast a trip down memory card lane next week we're going to be getting rude and crude as we head back to 1996 and we talk about video games resonant bad boy duke nukem duke nukem 3d is known for its risque humor its pop culture references it's the interactivity of its environment and just it's over the top of Hollywood action hero mentality. 
but it's also very well known for being a controversial title. It, it's got a lot of crude humor. It's it's it it's it's misogynistic. It's it's just Duke Nukem. What more can I say? Uh, but we're going to be looking at Duke Nukem 3D as well as likely other games in the Duke Nukem series, uh, and kind of taking a look at all the good, the bad, the controversial, and the not so controversial. So next week's going to be a bit explicit, but we're going there anyways as we take another bubblegum chewing ass-kicking trip down memory card lane. Bye.